0: the Babe Studio at the Feeding Arizona Building in Youngtown Arizona. It's time for success or failure with Tom and Terry. Success or Failure is the show that gives you methods and principles to guide you to your best business and your best self. Now here are Tom Ligaretti and Terry Munther.
1: Hello and good morning if you're listening in the morning, afternoon or evening. Uh, We're broadcasting live, and it is in the morning. Hello, and welcome to Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. I'm Dr. Terry Munther, along with author and entrepreneur Tom Legering. Each month, we get together on this program to discuss and share ideas for meeting personal and financial goals and improving the quality of our lives. We'll talk about the tried and true concepts found in the book, Success or failure, the choice is yours. We hope you'll join in the conversation by calling or emailing us with your thoughts and your comments at blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomer and babe or www.successorfailure.org. So, welcome to the program. Tom, you and I are separated again. It's that time of year. I've headed north just like the uh, migrating birds, and you are still in Arizona. How are you?
0: Very good, Terry. It's. Uh, have to tell you, it's been lovely here, and I'm sorry you're up there in the rain. But I know that uh, probably in another couple of days it's going to be in the 105s and stuff like that. But that's the weather I like, and you know, Arizona is the land of opportunity. So I'm I'm very happy being down here. Yeah, it-
1: and I'm 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 back in uh, beautiful Washington State, specifically Loon Lake, Washington. Looking out at the lake, it's still beautiful, even though it's a little cooler and a little wet, uh, which is typical spring weather for Washington State, but this weekend, supposedly back into the 70s and sunnies, and so uh, that should be good. Hope to get the boat in the water, do some fishing, and en- enjoy this area of the world. Uh,
0: I think that's that's really good to be able to, to have two different places to to enjoy the best of in uh, you know that that's kind of can lead into what we talk about here on the book uh is you know what's what's the best thing is it a lot of times people look to maximize things and uh it's really optimized you know i mean to to have the best of both worlds you have to travel between them and sometimes that's uh if you have a good plan in other words you won't leave phoenix to go up to washington unless you had a plan and a destination and a lot of times people don't realize that's how you have to structure your life
1: yeah you know it's exactly right and and as we always say we're talking about success or failure the choice is yours the book you you've authored and we've done several trainings on, but whether we're talking about <coughs> oh, excuse me whether we're talking about you know living in two different locations or just having the wherewithal to do that again, or any sort of change for the positive in your life again, whether it's a new job or whether it's making a change in your lifestyle you're exactly right you you've got to have a plan, and your book certainly gives those six steps to go through that you know one one of the things that I always reflect on is i change locations and such drastic uh, differences in climate and topography, et cetera, is that whole process of change that we undergo. You know, I mean, very simply, you get up to this area of the world and it's cooler and it's wetter, but it's greener and it just looks totally different. But the lifestyle is different then. You do different things. I'm not necessarily coming down to your golf course every day to see you and friends and that sort of thing. And it just made me reflect again on that whole process of change that we continually talk to people about. And really, that's what this whole program is about. And it depends how you, you know, you want to define change. Is it really the change is the outcome or change is the process? You know, a lot of people use the word transition. In other words, I'm making a transition to a change. And if that's the case, then the transition is really the hard part. Going from where you're at to where you want to get to, the in-between part is that transition. But it is part of the change process. And in doing some work up here with some people about it, just working on change process, you know, I was able to do some research and dig into some of my old archives and came up with a, a piece of literature I wish I could give credit to I'm not sure exactly who wrote it, but it speaks to the seven dynamics of change. And and I think they're all true. And, you know, you can go through these and you can think about your own process of change in your life, whatever it is, whether it's moving to a new location, moving to a new job, changing a bad habit, whatever it may be, you're going to go through these sorts of processes. And the seven dynamics of change, I'll go through them very quickly. First thing is that people will feel awkward and ill at ease. True. If, if we're going to make a change in our lives, initially we will feel awkward and ill at ease, and we just have to realize that. So, Thomas, we talk to people about buying and utilizing your book and making money in business or whatever change they're doing. <clears throat> you know, they need to realize, first off, that this is you're just going to feel awkward and ill at ease.
0: Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this this is the whole thing that that you're talking about. Is it's usually the reason you feel awkward or ill at ease is because you haven't done it before. It's like the first time you ride a bicycle. You don't just get on it, but the fact that you have a support group, usually a, a, a bigger brother or a, a mom or a dad. Some person is there helping you and encouraging you. But once you get the feel of it, everything's fine. And this all comes from planning, you know, of knowing, okay, you look at your life and you say, am I happy? I tell people, get a mirror, look in it, and just ask yourself, am I making me happy? And if the answer is no, figure out, change is coming. It needs to come or you're going to be unhappy for the rest of your life but that ill at ease thing I think it's really a good thing because it motivates us
1: yeah you know and even you hear all the stars before they go out on stage to perform they always say they've got the positive energy nervousness you know they don't feel at ease because they're going to perform well I think it's the same as we start the change process so that that's number one number two of the seven dynamics of change is that people think first about what they will lose. In other words, if I do this, what am I going to have to give up? Um, You know, I'm kind of comfortable the way I am. Things are okay maybe the way they are. And so what am I going to lose if I undertake this change or this change comes to my life? You know, what am I going to lose if I get a new job? What am I going to lose if I get a new boss? How is this change going to affect me? And that's one of the reasons, Tom, I think, uh, and we've talked to several people that choose not to get started because they're thinking about how their life will change or what they will lose. Does that make sense to you as well?
0: Oh, gosh, uh, exactly. I mean, when I go teach at Eve's Place, the victims of domestic violence, and I I tell them things, and I've found that most of these victims get into that that situation because they they see the the partner their mate as a person that they want to help and then that deteriorates to a position where they're not comfortable and they do have to get out of that it's like that that person protects me that person supplies me with food or whatever but then they beat me uh Yes, yeah. you're gonna. You got to look at it and say yes. You're gonna have to change your life. You're gonna have to support yourself, and yeah. then you can move forward. And that it's it's scary for them. I mean, I I can't tell you. You can just absolutely see fear in their eyes when you tell them, if it is to be, it's up to me. That means I'm responsible for me, my happiness. But I'll put up with a whole lot of stuff. And that's what we say in the book is. Your comfort zone, you're inside of your comfort zone, even though your goals and dreams are outside of that, you're, you're comfortable no matter, I'm, I'm being a victim, but I'm comfortable with my surroundings. And that's what planning does. You start putting things in there and say, well, wait a minute, I'm not happy where I'm at, and I'm in charge of my happiness. I don't get my happiness from others. I get my happiness... I'm doing what makes me happy, and then I can help other people be happy, but not until I am. And so they got to expand their comfort zone. And what I'm trying to say is sometimes the comfort zone is not really comfortable.
1: Right, right. And, and so, you know, I, I agree with that one as well. You know, another dynamic of change that happens then is even though we start a change and we know that others are have gone through the same thing. We still feel like we're the only ones going through this, or we we have those feelings of being very alone as we make a change. Again, whether that's a change, trying to change a habit, or a change, you know, moving to a different location. Sometimes you can feel like you're the only one that has gone through that experience, and, and there is a feeling of aloneness. And Again, as we've talked about on several of these shows, Tom, and as we've done our trainings, that's the whole point of having a support system and being able to call you, for instance, or have a group that meets regularly because otherwise you do as you're going through a change. You feel like you're out there all by yourself.
0: That that is so, so important. I mean, I do between 450 and 600 emails a day. Uh, The majority of them are people that they don't, they don 't write big, long dissertations; they just have a couple of questions, and I'll answer them and 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 they can get back. But they know that they can reach out and somebody is here that believes in them and wants them to find their path i don't I'm not trying to tell people what to do; i 'm just trying to show them how to do it so they can become happy and productive my My goal is to make people be productive I want them to do things to take responsibility for themselves, not look to the nanny state or anybody else, but yeah. be the nanny state, you know, be it for yourself, and then that can expand, and then we can help other people
1: exactly you know and so I think that that makes total sense and the other thing is we have to realize then another part of change is that we have to realize that people can only handle so much at one time. <clears throat> So as we're trying to move people through the process or we're leading a group of people, you have to realize that change is hard and they're only going to be able to take so much at one time. And that's why we talk a lot about setting short-term goals and say let's just do this much but do something every day. But we know you can only do this much at this point in time and realize that that people are going to have to move at their own pace because they can only handle so much change at one time, do you agree? oh
0: gosh, uh that you know knowing your your limitations at first is is fine, uh, and you do have to take it slowly, and what I try to tell people is it's okay to make mistakes as long as you're doing it with your pencil and your and your writing pad, your notepad, so yeah. that's where you want to make your mistakes in and knowing that that you are capable of doing anything and everything that you want to have accomplished, you are capable of doing it, then you have to believe that. So yeah. it takes a little bit of time to, I mean, you just don't touch somebody and they, all, oh, I got it. No, it doesn't yes. happen that way. It's just exactly what you're saying. you got to move at your own pace, but you can accelerate that once you start writing things down and figuring out well what is it that i want what is what is going to make me happy what's going to allow me to help other people not from my giving of me but giving from the excess that i have produced and that's that's the that's where the the happiness can come from
1: right right You know, the next one I think we have to think about, whether you're a boss or an owner of a a business or whatever, is that as you go through change, and you can put yourself in this position, Tom, as a business owner and you have employees, is we must realize that people who who are going through a change are at different levels of acceptance of that change. Not everyone jumps on board at the same time in the same way. And if we don't realize that as we're leading organizations and that people in organizations, that they're going to be at different levels of acceptance, I think we're greatly in error. And so as as we think about ourselves making a change or we think about leading people through change, that's a realization of that whole dynamic of change, I think.
0: Oh, God. Uh, you you are so right on with these points. I I mean, it's it's another way, it's another slice. You know, it's a way of looking at things from... The same thing, but at, from a different perspective and a different angle. Uh, the idea that as you change, the people around you may not want to. And when I gave up drinking, and I was not an alcoholic, so I'm not gonna. I I didn't have the high bottoms that some people have, but I was definitely a a very strong social drinker. I never drank at home or by myself, but I'd always do that. But what I found out was in order to give up drinking, at first I would go to those same groups and I would just, you know, order juice. And the people around me were all drinkers, so they they wanted me to be a drinker like them. So I figured out that I had to change those people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I had to move out of where I was mm-hmm. at with that group because I didn't fit in anymore. Because the direction I decided to take was like a slap in their face. You know, and that's, that's how awesome. they did it. well Tom, you you're no longer one of us. You're not drinking alcoholic beverages. I said, No, I'm sitting here enjoying, you know, the, the conversation and all the camaraderie no, you're not drinking. Therefore, you're not one of us. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: You, you yeah. have you have to be able to say, well, I can live with that. I can live with that better than drinking. So right. you you may have to plan on having other friends because those people were not really your friends because they weren't trying to help you. They weren't yeah. trying to make the group better. They were just going with their own problems that they had and they like to be with other people with the same problems because they fit in.
1: Right, right, exactly. You know, and, and another piece in, in this work is, is that people have trouble with change at first because they feel that they may lack the skills or the resources that they need to be successful. And And what I take from that point, too, is that, somewhat fear of the unknown. What will happen? Do I, can I survive this? Do I have the skills and resources to pull this off? And that brings to mind to me two points. Number one is we've got to have the confidence in ourselves that, yeah, we we can do this. But number two is that we have to be prepared potentially to increase our skills. Um, we may have to go back to school. We may have to relearn some things. Uh, in order to make this change successful. And as long as I think we we can handle both of those thoughts, number one, that, yeah, I'm good enough, I deserve it, I can do it and have confidence, and number two, but I may have to learn more or acquire new skills, then I think we can make it through that change. But that is a part of change is that certainly as we enter into any sort of change in our lives, we will have some concern about whether we have the skills to pull it off. You know that. See, that
0: is so so important to think about that, and a lot of times, uh, in in speaking with victims of domestic violence, it's such a broad based group that you know there's people that don't have even a GED, let alone high school diploma, yeah. and. Then there's other people that are PhDs, so it cuts across the entire educational spectrum, and the the financial backgrounds uh, of all these people. They're they're so diverse. Well, when I start talking to them about just exactly this this point, I say, what would what can you do to make your life better? And you would just be absolutely amazed how how I have to pull it out of them because they're not even thinking about that but you're absolutely correct that they don't think about the problems that that are necessary you know to to grapple with they don't well oh you know like if you ask a business person if you go to and we do seminars and you go and talk to somebody and you ask them before you give the seminar, you, you try to get a feel for who your audience is and what things that they need and what they want to talk about and what you can bring to help them. Well, you say, well, what would, what can you do to make, do your job better to so that you're more productive in your job? And people will tell you all the normal things. Um, I can take more skills. I can read everything there is that's positive thinking. I can... Uh, you know, reestablish goals. I can ask for a mentor. You know, and you just go through the whole list of all the things. But there's other things that you need to do in your life, like uh, time management. You know, just knowing that you got 24 hours in a day. So if you're only working 8, that leaves 16 if you're going to sleep 8, uh That still leaves eight to get any of the things that you need. So it's not like, oh, I don't have that skill, so I can't do it. It's what does it take for me to get this skill that I need? And that brings you down to what do you want to do, and then you define that, and then you back from that you decide, okay, I need to do – I want to have a different profession. I want to be in a different company. Well, you can do that if you have a job now, and then you go and and make that thing to to move. But since everything's on the Internet now, you look up the company where you want to go to, you find out what job is available and what skills are necessary, and then you go get those. So adding skills in in today's real world is very easy, but not if you don't know which ones you need. And I think that really addresses what you're talking about. It's not just... It's the mental attitude that says, This is what I want, this is where I'm going, but these are my these are my flaws and I have to polish those flaws off. I have to
1: skills
0: right. to do that. Yeah. But I really like these these points that yeah. you're making.
1: Well, and the last one about change again in digging through and then a lot of this came from some research that I was looking through and found when I was doing my doctoral dissertation a long time ago and came from professors, but the last one was that people revert to their old habits when the pressure is off. So as we go through this point of change and we're working hard and we've gone through all these other facets, when the pressure's off, we may revert back to our old habits. I think you see that sometimes with people you're working with, um, whether It'd be in some of the charity work we've done. Or it'd it simply be in business, that we, people will drive and they'll go forward for so long. But when the pressure's off, maybe they've met that initial goal, whatever, they will revert back to the old habit. And that's we just have to realize that's part of change, And both as, again, business owners, bosses, or people who are involved in change. We have to realize that.
0: Oh, gosh. Uh,
1: you know, that's
0: that's the problem with reaching your goals. You know, at, at my age, uh, I have retired seven times. Well, obviously, I didn't do retirement very well, and like I say I'm a failure at, at retirement, so that's why I'm back to work. But part of it is now I'm not working because I'm just doing what I love to do. If, and that's what I think people need to start out with is, If I had all the money that I needed, if I had income coming in so I didn't have to go into work, what would it be that I'm doing? And I have to admit exactly what I'm doing now. I mean, I'm looking for ways to improve it and to make it better, but it's nothing different than what I'm doing. I might be able to do what I'm doing better. And so that's part of the, the beautiful thing about teaching is you learn. You know, because people will ask you questions. Well, how does how do you do this or how do you how does that work? And then you look back into your repertoire of things that you've done and like you say, uh experiences when I did things wrong, when I was very successful at things and it just worked perfect, I didn't learn Got anything you. from that. But when right. I did this and it didn't work, whew that's a whole different story.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, it was in- interesting stuff just to to find in, in files and again if I if I uh, can find exactly uh, who put all that together, I I will try to get it to you and we could post it or whatever, but I I think a lot of people have said the same thing in different ways and that change is a process, the it's a transition and again, I think transition to the change outcome is the most difficult part, not not the end result change itself, but to know that we are going to go through all of these things as, as we go through change, that we're going to feel awkward we're, uh, and ill at ease, that we're going to think about how our lives will change and potentially what we could lose by making a change, and then that we're going to feel alone at times, and we know that people can only handle so much change and that they will be at different levels of acceptance and that we're always not going to feel maybe that we have all the skills and resources that we need, but hopefully we'll feel that we can get them and that will make us successful. And finally, that we're going to realize that we may backslide a bit when the pressure's off, and we've just got to keep that in mind for ourselves and, again, when we're working with people. You know, we spoke last month and about – or two months ago now, I think – about that whole making the plan and using your book and work that I had done before in strategic planning, and we talked about strategic visioning and having a vision and then making a plan to get to that vision. Well, today, really, we're filling in the guts of that, which is we can strategically plan and vision our future, but it's this transition to get there and the realization that we're going to go through a process of change, and go through several phases and different feelings um, is is the meat of that. And I think when you put those two together, combined with a third, which would be the pathway that you show in the book, success or failure, the choice is yours. We can have successful change and get to our successful vision.
0: Oh, that that is that is so perfectly stated. And the thing is that. People do when they do buy the book uh there' there there's also not only do they get some good out of it the the money that we're we're raising from the book goes to help autistic kids were we're We've put in a a program here at at the club that uh goes to that exact thing and i'll I'll mention that later but the the thing that you're talking about is when they buy the book also get a person that they can reach. I mean, it's by email, and I return emails usually within 24 hours unless I'm traveling, but other than that, I'll return a, a, a call. So the people don't have to think of themselves as being alone. Um, as they go through the change and they, they visualize these outcomes and, and know it's a process, that just makes the whole thing worthwhile and what I try yeah. to teach my, in my class with the victims of domestic violence, I'm trying to teach them that, let's see, there's there's a lot of things out here that you don't know and you don't maybe have the skills now. So what a lot of times all people are looking for is the ability to get a job. And I teach them some things about how to get a job. What, what are... What's an employer looking for? An employer is looking for somebody that earns more money than he's paying them. He wants yep. them to earn more than they're getting paid. So I tell people, if you're making $10 an hour, you may not get $10 in your check every month. You don't work and and, and work 100 hours and get $1,000. What you do is get like 850 Well, you're paying some, but the employer, he's not looking at paying $1,000 or eight fifty. He's paying, on top of that, maybe $12.50. So you have to produce more. And so the whole idea of getting people to understand when you go to work, the worker's job is to produce more than they get paid for, and the employer's job is to gainfully employ these people and the ones that want to move up, there's skills that are available and they can be trained. I mean, I I teach the people that to get a job, there's three things an employer is looking for. First, he wants to know, do you have the skills? And how do you know what skills are required in the job before you go to the interview? You go online and look at look the company up and find out what they're looking for and analyze the job and say, what skills do they say they need And then what additional things do you have to bring? So do you have the skills? That's first. And second is, will you use the skills? Will you use the knowledge that you have to make a difference? And third one, do you get along with the existing staff? And if the answer to that is no, you're not getting a job. So even if you have the skills and don't want to use them, or you don't want to get along with the people that are already there, uh, it isn't going to work. So you have to you have to know these are things that have to come at the beginning. And when I have these classes and I'm talking to people, they say, "Well, nobody ever told me these things like you're talking to me." And because we don't sugarcoat it, I mean, we're not. Why would I try to say they're there? It's okay. You tried, and it, you no, know, it's like all the little kids now they play Pop Warner football, well they all get a trophy. Well, even the ones that only played three minutes because the parents showed up that day. You know, that's that's the wrong attitude for people to grow. But that's just how this society is and you have to face what you're doing in this society. So what I'm saying is when we look at it and try to figure out, well, how do how do we fit in? You fit in It's so simple. I mean, my book actually takes up uh, 52 pages. That's what's everything. But it's a workbook, and all it takes is 29 pages for you to read and go through it. You can go online and, and download it, and that brings you a workbook that gives you something that you can track and write in. Every day you can come back and review it. Because in Napoleon Hill, uh, Think and Grow Rich, he says you have to write your plan out. You have to have specific goals. You have to have a plan to get your specific goals. And the major thing, he says, is you have to believe. You have to see and believe yourself in this other position. So when you're talking about change, it's, yes, I, I fear the outcome. But I won't fear the outcome if I can visualize, and that's what you were saying, visualize exactly what you're going to do when you get to that place. How is that going to differ from where you're at now? Is it worth it to go through that change? And analyze all this on paper to find out who you are. And you do it in a very simple step-by-step process. There's six chapters. It's it's very simple reading, but it's life-changing reading.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Well, that's kind of my message for for this uh edition, if you will. I know you have some other things going on that you wanted to mention. Yeah, I do. I wanna mention the
0: uh the autistic program. The the purpose a lot of times say, Well, why did you write this book? Why success or failure, the choice is yours. A workbook for success. What why why did you put that out? And what's the purpose of it? Well, I wrote it for my kids so that my kids don't feel that they have to eat with their with their dad. I mean, if I I love working and and they kind of like to play a little bit, so they're a, a little younger generation, right? They're the ones, the second one, and so their work ethic wasn't wasn't defined as much as mine was because things were different when i grew up than when they grew up and i wanted to give my my kids some things differently than my parents gave me but i wanted them still to have the the work ethic and so they mixed a little more fun into the work ethic and i'm i'm totally happy with that so they're all doing what they're what they want but i wrote it for them so that that they could get some some good out of it but what I'm, what it turned out is when I sell the book, I was able to raise enough money, and so here at the Country Club, Sun City Country Club here in Sun City, Arizona, uh, we have a, a a program. It's the original golf prey program. Autistic kids sponsor child for 2013 golf season. This is an, in, this is our second. Uh, program that we're having is autistic golf and it's funded by the sales of the book so uh, this is not um, we're not here making money to be on the radio or to sell the book we're doing things that help people because we have had success in our lives and this is a very easy way for us to give back i i mean do you agree with that terry i
1: would yeah yeah that's that's nice to repeat for folks is that we're not making money doing this, we're doing it as a public service just to help people and uh whether it be autistic kids or the homeless or uh the other groups that we've worked with or businesses that we've worked with. Um but there are ideas that you know you've come up with in your book that I've had in, in my career that uh, hopefully are helping people and that's the whole purpose.
0: Yeah, one of the things I when I work with the the uh, victims uh of of domestic violence at Eve's place, uh, it's, it's very, I, I learned so much by being there because they'll come at me at, at at different angles from how they see things and then how do you get them turned onto the right path and to understand it's not a straight line. You don't get born and you go through your life and then you die and they throw dirt on you. That There's things happening in between that you have a lot of control on, and usually you don't go linearly in in how you live your life. You have starts and stops, and and progress and and fallbacks, and those are all the things that help you learn uh, as you're moving forward. And what what we look at is how do you how do you get people to understand that it's not just having a job; <clears throat> it's having an ability to get to be independent. Like my parents taught me, the only three things that you need in your life to live is food, clothing, and shelter. So the goal I always had was, how can I get my food, clothing, and shelter? How can I earn enough so that I can have those three things without having to go to work for them? And, you know, it's not that work is bad, it's that, was the work I was doing a benefit, and and uh, an ability to give back, so life in America is better because I went through here. You know, I don't. However much we give back is what we want to do when you get to a certain place in your life. And one of the things I taught people is that the, this one group, the the ladies were telling me, they said we make good money. But we spend more than we make. But I said, do you make more than is enough for food, clothing, and shelters? She said, absolutely. There's just no problem at all. I said, just, I'll teach you a trick because part of things is you just have to play a game with yourself when it comes to money because they knew nothing about finance. And I said, "In your when you de- make a deposit in your checkbook, say you make it, make a $1,000 and you put it in your checkbook, just take 10% of that off. You put the 1000 in the bank and you write deposit 900 And you just constantly pay yourself 10% of any money you get. You put your money in the bank, you're not putting it in the mattress, you're putting it in the bank, and you just take 10% off. Well, that's your, your savings account. You can do that in today's world because there's no difference between checking and savings. You're not moving money into a savings account because you don't get that much more for it and having another account usually costs you money. So you just have to figure this out depending on how much you're making. So you you take 10% out and you have a goal when you get to a certain amount, then you want to be able to invest that in something. So those are those secrets that, that are so easy to do that they don't... Alter your lifestyle, but if you look in your checkbook and it and it says a balance in there of twenty five dollars, well, you're not going out to a hundred dollar a plate dinner that night. Yeah. Now you may have two three thousand in the bank, but right. as you're playing this game, you're not going to spend something that you claim you don't have, and so it's a game you play. It's some, you know, sometimes people need some little incentive, and I've got two of the ladies uh, at Eve's place that are that are part of the staff and I got them to do it and in about three months this one lady told me from having no money constantly being up, upside down she had $2,200 stashed in her checking account you know it was just like I said how did you do that? she said it was easy I did just what you said so we, you know that, that's that's, that's how easy some of this stuff is, and, and if yeah. you believe it and you want something, just know that you deserve it if you're willing to put in the effort, and it's not just work, the effort to get it. You just plan it, and you write up a plan, you sit down, you read that plan, and you feel yourself in possession of what you want, and that's right out of Napoleon Hill. I've done that seven times in my life, and Every time it works, he's helped over 10 million people. So I can guarantee you, I, I'm not plowing new ground here when I talk about stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's
0: pretty much what it what I have today, Terry. How about you? Yeah.
1: No, I think I think we've said it. Um, you know, it's been nice being back up to Washington State, and uh, other than we've got to talk long distance, <laughs> but, yeah. But that's yeah, okay.
0: It's a lot easier when you're here because, in, and I want people to understand that when we're here, we can kind of feed off of what you know. Seeing how the person says something, and and you you know when you can in, interrupt or, <laughs> it's, and in this this way, it's a little bit more difficult, but uh, it's very much uh, very enjoyable. And I'm just hoping that the people that listen to our show, I would like more of you to uh, call. I really do appreciate the emails that you send me. You can reach me at Tom at, uh, at SuccessOrFailure, Failure. The choice is yours and uh I I answer those emails so if you have any questions go and look up our, our website, the dot or org and you can see a lot of the things that we talk about are on the website. If you're looking to change your life and make a real positive thing for yourself and feel you deserve it, we have a program for you, and it, believe me, it doesn't cost you very much. For $20, dollars you got the, the whole thing. And if you want to, you can download it, the one on, on the website, I believe it's 9 or $10. So to change your life around really depends on how much do you want to do it because it is possible.
1: Exactly, and those dollars go to a very good cause, as we've said too, right now to autistic kids, but also have allowed us to do some other charity work. So, thanks again for the opportunity, Tom, to join you. Uh, with that, uh, we want to thank you all who are listening for joining us on Success or Failure with Tom and Jerry. We hope you join us next month, and we're live at 9 a.m. on the last Wednesday of the month, or anytime on www.blogtalkradio.com. Forward slash boomer and babe. In the meantime, feel free to comment and join in the discussion by emailing us, as Thomas said, at successorfailure.org. Once again, this is Dr. Terry Munther and Tom Legering reminding you that success or failure, the choice is yours.
0: You've been listening to Successor Failure with Tom Leggering and Terry Munther.
1: Successor Failure is a Boomer and the Babe Enterprises radio production. Contact them at boomerandthebabe.com.